Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our virtual podcast studio, Chris Vinson and Rick Jones. Chris is the Upstate Regional Coordinator for the South Carolina Digital Library and is also Head of Library Technology at Clemson University Libraries. And Rick is the Upstate Regional Co-Coordinator and is also Manager of the Digital Collection Center at Furman University's James B. Duke Library. This is the third in a series on the South Carolina Digital Library and digitization in South Carolina. So welcome both of you to the podcast. Thank you, Thank you Curtis. Glad to have you both here. So um, Chris, why don't we start with you, maybe take a few minutes and um, give us an overview of the South Carolina Digital Library's upstate region and, and what you do there. Sure. So uh, I'd like to start by saying that I've had the distinct pleasure of probably being the only person who's worked in all three regions <laughs> of the state, uh, starting out in the Midlands and then um, in the Low Country for a few years, and now finally as a uh, associate director here in the Upstate. And it's really close to my heart um, the projects that we work on here in the Upstate, uh, just because I'm originally from Spartanburg. I have a lot of ties to the region. And it's really wonderful just being able to see that history come alive online where I can mix, you know, personal, personal interests and work and in such a unique way. In terms of the upstate region, so my primary role is really to work with um, Rick here and Josh Morgan, who is the digital projects manager at Clemson, uh, to provide a variety of uh, digitization, metadata and hosting services uh, for cultural heritage institutions uh, across the upstate. Um, so that region includes uh, counties such as Greenville, Spartanburg, Pickens, and Greenwood. Uh, we have worked with partners outside of those, those counties, but not quite as much as, as those in particular. And really, uh, I think without the support that's offered by the South Carolina Digital Library, many of these organizations wouldn't even be able to provide access to their collections online. And it's an incredibly important service for especially these smaller organizations that barely have a website. Um, so being able to provide that platform and those services to them. Clemson also hosts a scanning center uh, where we work with our partners to digitize their materials using um, a variety of overhead and flatbed scanners and all sorts of other cool equipment. And uh, Furman hosts a digital repository where the digital objects actually go after we process them uh, for all the world to access. And I think with that, um, I could turn that piece over to Rick to talk a little more about. Yeah, okay. Um... Yeah, um, Clemson, I, I have to credit Clemson. They, they really handle most of, of the, the hard work. Um, at Furman, uh, we, like, like Chris said, we, we partner with Clemson uh, to provide free hosting of digital collections for upstate partners through the digital repository uh, content DN. Um, we, we have, I think uh, we host about, let's see, 56 collections. It's uh, that's including our firm and collections and the collections of our partners. Um, like Chris was saying, some uh, some of our partners would be the Greenwood County Library, um, you know, Lander University, Southern Wesleyan, um, University of South Carolina Upstate, um, and Union, uh, University of South Carolina Union, folks like that. Um, the uh, let's see, Lake. Uh, Lake Hartwell Country, that's the uh, Recreational and Tourism Commission, formerly known as the Pendleton District Commission. And they, they promote um, history and tourism in Anderson County, 
Oconee County and Pendleton counties. So, it's about so it's it's not just libraries. You actually work with a lot of different kinds of um, like cultural heritage institutions, those kind of things. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you know a lot of digital libraries tend to work outside just libraries. So there's a lot of collections that can be digitized. But uh, one of the things, uh, Rick, that you have there at Furman is the Digital Collections Center. And so is that something that is found at, at other university libraries or is that something that's kind of more unique to what you guys are doing? I think there are similar uh, places like our Digital Collection Center at other libraries. Um, we're, we're actually pretty small. You know, we work, uh, it's, uh, we work with, within Furman with our special collections and archives um, to uh, build collections, you know, on Furman history. We work with um, other departments, you know, like the athletic department or the history department. And we also work uh, to support classroom work. We work with faculty on different projects, whether the classroom or any, any of their digital needs. I know um, our digital collection center was very busy in the spring with the pandemic um, because everything went to virtual learning and we were our little department was slammed with with things to digitize uh to promote uh digital uh virtual learning at, at Furman as everyone headed home during that time i really don't know i, I know uh several colleges have very similar uh departments or uh, places like that i know clemson you know we've been over to clemson many times much much larger department over there and you know South Carolina but we we are able to help like you said um, folks in the community with digital um, their digitizing needs things like that are our smaller institutions and and there are a lot of unique collections around the state that still are in need of digitization so even though you know the South Carolina Digital Library has I think it's more than 70 participating institutions that uh, you know there's still a lot out there that needs to needs to get uh, uploaded and scanned and, and uh, cataloged so everyone can have access to it. Um, so Chris, if you could talk a little bit about, uh, since you've been with South Carolina Digital Library in all three regions for a, quite some time, can you talk about kind of how the regions developed? How, uh, you know, I know everything kind of started in the Midlands, but how did um, there become a low country digital library and, and the upstate region? How did all that morph? Sure. Um, so, as you as you mentioned, it primarily started in the Midlands region and really started at the University of South Carolina and um, with all the amazing work that Kate Boyd did there. And uh, we tried to replicate that model um, going down into the Lowcountry region uh, when they received a Donnelly Foundation grant to, to digitize some materials there and to set up the Lowcountry Digital Library. So um, once they had the Lowcountry Digital Library set up, uh, they decided at that point it made a lot of sense to create a new region for, for the Lowcountry. And we actually had four regions at one point, um, which included the PD, Myrtle Beach, Florence area. But we merged that uh, with the Lowcountry region just because it was, uh, there were a lot of similar objectives there. Um, and Coastal Carolina had, had hosted that region before. Uh, now we're back down to three in the upstate. Uh, Clemson has been doing digitization for quite a while, uh, even before, way before I got here. 
and uh, they were a pretty active partner uh, early on. Um, one of the primary drivers between uh, or for their digitization efforts was an IML Institute of Museum and Library Services grant that they received uh, in 2010 to digitize materials from um, the National Park Service and state parks in South Carolina and in surrounding states, Georgia and North Carolina. So uh, there's been a wide history of digitization and I think the uh, regions just sort of organically developed out of that. Um, just as we saw that, you know, not every, not every uh, historical society, you know, in Oconee County is gonna be able to drive down to Columbia to get something scanned. Um, so we wanted to be able to provide that, um, that closer physical presence um, for our services to, to offer those organizations. And one of the things that, you know, I keep hearing as I, as I talk about these digitization programs with, um, with all of you who are involved with the South Carolina Digital Library is, you know, originally receiving grants to work on projects. And I wanted to, either one of you can just chime in, but talk a little bit about, do you have to do grant seeking? Are you, uh, you know, looking for funding? How does your budget work? How do you handle all that? Sure, I can start off um, okay. and then hand it over to Rick. Um, so we're always looking for funding. <laughs> so we're, we're always interested in grants that come by. Um, but uh, I think it's worth noting that the South Carolina Digital Library continues to run because of the, de the dedication of Clemson University, Furman University, University of South Carolina, and the College of Charleston. Um, the deans at those schools have committed to uh, providing my time, the time of some of my staff, uh, to work on this project and to uh, offer our resources up to, to other institutions. So uh, it's great that we have that baseline of support from our um, institutions, but uh, if we wanna do anything greater then yes, we need to, to have it funded somehow. And we have done that in the past uh, through a partnership with the Digital Public Library of America. Uh, we re received um, two sizable grants for them to work on collections uh, here in South Carolina. Uh, one of them being a, um, some video digitization at Clemson. Um, there were some, I believe, um, city ledgers uh, that were done down in the low country. So yeah, anything we can get to support those types of projects uh, that go kind of above and beyond, you know, drop off a box when you can, but actually more comprehensive uh, effort. I know one thing we're interested in at Clemson is pursuing, um, and I believe Kate Boyd has done this down at the University of South Carolina, is um, pursuing a clear hidden collections grant and being able to bring out those hidden collections that we have across the state and make them more widely available. You know, just to, Chris pretty much said it all, uh, you know, to add to that, we, we're, we're actually working right now on an, uh, an exciting project. We have a, an ACS grant that's Associated Colleges of the South, working on a, uh, a multi-institutional collaborative effort. It's called Pathways to Diversity. And it's, um, it involves Center College, Rollins College, Furman, and Washington Lee. Um, and it will be a, a comprehensive digital um, archive that speaks to the experience of desegregation in small Southern colleges. And you know, that, that kind of came to us through our, our history department, our, our archivist at Furman. So yeah, I, you know, I don't, spend a lot of time in my job seeking grants, but you know, every time, every now and then something like that 
will, will come around. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very exciting. I, I think it's, it's going to be a, a great collection. So, yeah, we'll, we'll take them if we can get them. Definitely. I don't think anybody's going to be turning away <laughs> any kind of grant funds. Um, uh, one of the things you mentioned, Chris, was DPLA. That's the Digital Public Library of America. And do you guys ever partner with them or other kinds of national or international organizations that relate to digitization? You had also mentioned CLEAR. Is that the Council on Library and Information Resources? They have the digital Digital Library Federation. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep, that is correct. So, uh, Clear, um, Council of Library, yep, Clear also runs a uh, a grant program that they do every year uh, to to bring those hidden collections to light. Um, so it's an application process that we go through, um, and it's very popular. And I think uh, South Carolina has a lot of collections. Eventually, that could uh, be uh, eligible for it. Uh, for Digital Public Library of America, uh, we have um, partnered with them um, pretty significantly in the past. Uh, we've uh, helped them develop exhibits using um, our content on their website. Uh, we also serve as a one of their hubs uh, for this. So South Carolina Digital Library also moonlights as a hub for the Digital uh, Public Library of America. And essentially what that means is uh, we use our existing infrastructure uh, through this digital library to um, send all of our information up to the Digital Public Library of America and make it um, available and discoverable with collections from across the country. So um, instead of us, you know, being isolated to just these repositories that we have in the state, uh, we're in a, we can reach a much wider audience um, through the Digital Public Library of America. And uh, Clemson is a member of the Digital Library Federation as well, DLF. Um, I believe uh, University of South Carolina is as well. But um, they have some great programming on, you know, uh, digital preservation, current digitization standards, um, collaboration, diversity, equity, and inclusion in collections, and making sure that our metadata is uh, inclusive and just really wonderful initiatives. And that. Uh, you mentioned metadata, and that goes into um, you know something that we've talked about in the uh, Midlands and the Low Country um, groups. But um, do you all uh, individually work with metadata? Do you have to um, each of you do the cataloging, or do you have other folks at the library you work with, like in the cataloging department? I, I know at Furman um, that that is a major part of my job is metadata. Um, I have a, we, we have a small department. It's just um, another staff member and me. And then uh, we, right now we're employing about three students. Um, the students really don't work with metadata. They do most of our dig digitizing, things like that. So Kathy Sloan and I, that's my coworker in, in my department. Um, that is mainly um, what we do. Um, I do have some cataloging experience with, <laughs> Um, I've been many, many years at Furman. I've had other jobs there. And, um, I have to say, you mentioned catalogers that that's very helpful, um, uh, experience to have, um, working with metadata. And here at Clown, we have an excellent metadata team, um, led by, uh, uh, 
some, some really great people who were formerly catalogers and we also hired a metadata librarian, uh, Jessica Cerro, um, a couple of years ago to really help lead those efforts. Uh, but we have a great team who works with us to make sure that we are standardized, uh, make sure that we're doing things the right way. <laughs> um, Josh Morgan also does a lot of uh, administrative metadata, sort of on the technical side of things. And uh, we do uh, put our students on some metadata projects. Um, it's, base, it's pretty basic metadata that we have them work on, um, but uh, we really take the help wherever we can get it. Definitely, yeah. When when I know people are listening to this and they don't know anything about metadata, and you know they are understanding that it's data about data and all of the information, <laughs> yeah. all of the information that you have to get about just one item, whether that be you know a photograph, a postcard, uh, you know lots of different kinds of formats. In fact, I was just looking at some um, University of South Carolina at Union yearbooks. There's a collection on. Uh, South Carolina Digital Library, just to kind of see, you know, all of these things that that have um, transpired in the past and actually found some people who I knew who were in some of those yearbooks. So that was kind of neat. Um, but uh, kind of to, to follow up on um, the specific collections, and I know there's tons of collections, and a lot of people don't realize when you go into the South Carolina Digital website and you are just either browsing the catalog or doing a search that it's actually pulling from lots of different individual collections and uh, some of them are really fascinating. So what I've been doing is asking all of you who are participating in this series of podcasts, um, and this can be personal, professional, however you um, see it, but what do each of you consider some of the most interesting collections in uh, you know, the upstate or, or any other facets of the South Carolina Digital Library? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, in, in the upstate, uh, if it was specific to the upstate, uh, I would have have an answer. And then, you know, as far as um, the South Carolina Digi Digital Library as a whole, you know, I have, um, you know, personally things that, that really interest me. It, as, far as, the up, as far as the upstate, uh, there's, there's one collection. Um, you know, and I was involved with this uh, at Furman. It's called uh, Furman's Legacy of Slavery. Um, it's a it's a it's a digital collection of uh, you know paintings, documents, letters, uh, based on the research conducted by the uh, Task Force on Slavery and Justice, which was commissioned by Furman in 2017. And um, you know, Furman was founded in 1826. Its first president was a slave owner and a secessionist and um, it kind of pre uh, presents a history of the university's discomforting past you know we I think inst old institutions you know we, we like to look at the all the good past and a lot of times um, you know forget the bad past and we've spent many years forgetting or with with this forgotten past or ignored past and um, I think it's important that we, be, we, you know, we recognize that and reckon with that injustice. So I, I think that's a, it's a very important collection and a very interesting collection. Gr growing up, and then another upstate collection would be Clemson's um, textile mill collection. I think that's very interesting. I grew up in a cotton mill town, a tiny little town that was based around three cotton mills. Um, you know, you either lived in the number one neighborhood, number two neighborhood, or number three neighborhood. And, um, you know, I've looked at that collection a lot. Um, 
I think it's, you know, for anyone growing up in South Carolina or has ancestry in South Carolina, the mills were involved somehow. Um, and I think it's a very interesting collection. And, you know, outside of the upstate, I could, I could keep going with things. But um, those are two that I think of when I think of the upstate region. I think to build on um, sort of Rick's love of the, the textile mill collection, um, I think the Greenville County Public Library System has some excellent uh, uh, textile mill collections. Um, I, I live in Greenville, so I see the, when I moved here, you know, I saw the names like, you know, Conesty and Woodside and Camperdown, but they were like street names or, you know, restaurants. And, but then seeing these collections, you realize, oh, these were named after a mill that was right here on the river. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's just such a rich textile um, history there. Um, and, yeah, I just love those, those Greenville County collections, um, just because that history that they tell. And seeing pictures of um, the textile mills in their prime, um, and then driving by it and seeing that they're, you know, lofts and condos now. It's, it's just such a, <laughs> such a strange thing. <laughs> the ones that survived anyway, uh, have become that. Um, from Clemson, um, honestly, one of my favorites is uh, from uh, the Campbell Geology Museum because mm -hmm. it has a lot of cool fossils and rocks. <laughs> and we were uh, really excited to work with them, um, mainly because, you know, I grew up watching Jurassic Park and I love, I just love that kind of stuff. But the uh, museum itself houses like over 10,000 minerals, rocks, and fossils uh, from South Carolina and from other places across the globe. So just getting to see some of those things uh, online is, is really cool. And also to be able to work with a Clemson partner to, to, to push their, their collection out more widely. Also at Clemson, um, I really love our uh, cooperative extension photographs. Um, it's a selection of images that was produced by our Cooperative Extension Service and the uh, South Carolina Agricultural Experiment Station um, from around 1920s to the 1970s. And really, they document uh, segregated extension agents and their work uh, going out into African-American communities, teaching them about farming, teaching them about agriculture. Um, and the bulk of the activities really document uh, activities related to uh, agriculture. Uh, but they also touch on things like economic development, uh, home demonstration, and um, uh, our, what's called the Clemson College, which was the agricultural college. And another one that, that I really love is the South Carolina State Parks Collection, uh, just because I love parks. Uh, working on the Open Parts Network uh, has, has been a great privilege of my life and really getting to uh, explore the history at our parks like Table Rock and um, Jones Gap and uh, other places across the state has been has been really wonderful. And again, um, you know, seeing the sometimes the, the history that's hard to, to, you know, square away, you know, with segregation of the parks and um, kind of an ugly history mixed with, you know, beautiful landscapes. It's, it's very, very interesting to me. It is. And, and you know, as both of you are talking, uh, I think a lot of people, you know, don't realize there are things like you know, geology and, uh, you know, state parks involved and the outdoors and, you know, all of these resources are, for the most part are primary resources. So it's a great way for educators to, you know, work with students and, you know, have them go through these collections to try to find primary resources to then, you know, expand upon 
and um, that that's why it's just so important to have these. And even through search engine optimization, when you are looking for something, you're going to find stuff in Google. But if you really go into scmemory.org, which is the URL for the South Carolina Digital Library, and look at some of these specific collections, and you can really get down to the granular level and, and find things that, you know, may not necessarily pop up in Google. Um, but looking through through these, you can get really lost in <laughs> for hours, you know, if you're looking for something. Yeah, it's quite a rabbit hole, um, especially <laughs> with our Open Parks Network collection. It's, it's so, like, I don't know how many pictures of bears I've seen, but I never get tired of them. And, <laughs> and just seeing sort of the, the history of their uniforms throughout the ages and how they've, you know, how they've um, progressed. It's really yep, and then you have, you know, the history of the Civilian Conservation Corps who worked on those projects in state parks in South Carolina. So you're right, it does. You get, get involved into a rabbit hole. So as we wrap up, uh, do uh, either of you want to mention any kind of special uh, projects that you have coming up and that could be like a digitization project or a new collection that you guys are working on? Well, I, I think, um, you know, when we're talking about great collections, I think oral histories, personally speaking, I love oral histories, just uh, the, the characters, uh, you see folks as, as they are and just talking and accents and, um, you know, stories. Um, and there's a lot of great ones on the uh, SCDL, South Carolina Digital Library. Um, I'm excited, we, we've been doing an oral history. Uh, we don't have it up yet. It's actually in our, it's done, it's in our institutional repository. We need to, maybe the folks at Clemson can help us figure this out, but we need to, <laughs> to get it switched from there over to uh, the South Carolina Digital Library. But it's, uh, it's an oral history um, of Colombian textile workers that immigrated from South America to Greenville in the 60s and 70s. Colombian, the uh, Columbia is, uh, has a huge textile industry. And these, these folks came up to Greenville. Um, it's uh, in the 60s and 70s and started working in the upstate in the textile industry. And Greenville actually has a, a huge uh, Colombian um, community, one of the oldest uh, uh, Latin communities in the, in, the, in the Southeast, they say. Um, but it's basically their stories of their, their travels to this country, how they got jobs here, uh, their families. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. We have it uh, transcribed uh, and it's translated into uh, English um, or Spanish. And it's, it's a great collection. I can't wait to, uh, like I said, figure out how to get that, get that up. But I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, a few collections in particular that we're going to be getting online pretty soon um, through uh, our various repositories. Um, the first one, um, it's really a piece of Clemson history. It's a collection of student handbooks that were provided to first year students dating back to 1911. Um, they were published by the campus chapter of the YMCA and um, it included messages from campus administrators, uh, the constitution and bylaws of the student government, uh, rules of behavior, uh, selected student organizations, songs and cheers, parking regulations. So <laughs> it's really neat to see, you know, what they, what, what they handed over to students, you know, when they first started at Clemson and again, how that's evolved over time. I'm also excited about two collections from our Open Parks Network project. Uh, one is the, uh, 
working with Big Cypress uh, National Park, which is down in Florida. Uh, we're doing a, a big collection for them. And we're also working with the Jazz National Park in New Orleans uh, to do a series of uh, sound recordings that they have there and at the, um, at the New Orleans Historical uh, Society. So uh, those have all been, those have been in the works for a couple of years now, and we're really excited to, to get moving on them. So yeah, more, especially since our collections, um, a lot of them are visual. We don't have a lot of audio visual material. So we're really excited to be able to um, be able to do do more dynamic collections. That's great. Yeah, one of the things we've talked about are, you know, various formats. And I think a lot of people out there don't realize that audio recordings, you know, oral histories, all of those things are in digital libraries. And uh, you can definitely find those through um, the South Carolina Digital Library. And I think it's wonderful that you're working with other organizations and institutions outside of South Carolina. You know, there are lots of folks who need the assistance and, and have the uh, collections that that need to get exposure and, and get out there. So that's really important too. So thank you both so much for being with me today. And uh, you guys are doing great work and um, uh, really appreciate your time. So thank you. Yes, sir. And great. Enjoy it. Thank you so much, Curtis. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Glad to talk to you. Uh, and you can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. So until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening. Thank you.